Welcome to Season 5 of the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors Worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. I continue to find so much gratitude for all the warriors willing to share their stories with us. And so whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the multiple autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you're in the right place. As we continue to grow, the HSCT Warrior Community illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story to update us with your post HSCT journey because you finally got to go through it, right? Yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, But yeah, finally got to do it in Mexico, not where I thought, um, but yes, in in Puebla, Mexico. Um, And it's going to be a year post-transplant, September 30th. Goodness, we're coming up on that. Yes. Well, and I have to say, Marlo, your interview was one of the most hopeful and one of my (laughs) favorites that season because you just... I mean, you're such an inspiration in terms of perseverance and research and dedicating yourself to even finding the patience, right, to pursue treatment and feeling better. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was just that was just the beginning, really, of of the whole journey um, when I did that that podcast episode. So much Um, has changed. Please tell (laughs) us. I, like I had said in the podcast, um, the last podcast episode, I, last year, um, I went through this whole process with Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. And I was living in Boston at the time, um, and had been living there for quite a number of years. And Dana-Farber, um, and the Brigham approached me, um, after a number of, relapses and, um, medications that didn't work, um, and medications that gave me side effects. Um, we had a meeting with a doctor from Dana-Farber and the Brigham, which is where my neurologist is, um, to see if I could be the first MS patient to get HSCT done, um, at Dana-Farber. And, I, at the time of of speaking to you last, um, I think I was talking to you about being super excited, um, at the possibility, uh, to, you know, to get this done at Dana-Farber and to be the first patient. Um, because after I met with them, they said, great, um, you seem like a perfect candidate. Um, we just have to get some, kind of administrative approvals within Dana-Farber, and then we can move forward to, um, you know, have have me go through HSCT there. They offer HSCT for cancer patients, right? Yes. And so the trick was that you are autoimmune. Yes. Yeah. And um, 
I, I, you know, went to an appointment with um, one of the doctors at Dana-Farber who was very interested in HSCT research for autoimmune disease. And she had studied with um, some of the Canadian doctors who had done it. She was very, very interested. Um, And I, you know, met with her. She thought that, you know, I would be a great candidate based on what I told her about my story. Um, And she, you know, seemed pretty excited. Um, And that's, you know, from then on, I think that was December 20. Yeah. So December, 2018 is when we met. Um, and then she basically said, um, it'll happen. She's like, she said, I'm not sure when exactly it'll happen, but she said definitely within the next six months. So after that, I forget exactly when I spoke to you, but I recorded the podcast and that was sort of in that like six month period of waiting. Right. And I I was at the same time really struggling with physical symptoms. I had two relapses um, earlier that fall and I never fully recovered. And I had a lot of weakness in my legs. Um, I had worsening vision uh, and I still had remaining side effects that I was experiencing from a crevice, uh, which I described in the, the previous podcast. Right. So I was, I was struggling, but then at the same time, I was like, well, you know, they offered, they want me to be the first patient. It's going to be in Boston. It's going to be around the doctors that I know, um, I, I kind of, I'm not a very like spiritual person per se, but I did sort of feel like, oh, I'm in the right place at the right time. Sure, um, yeah. The universe there, is lining everything up for you. Yes. Yeah. I, I did feel that way. And, um, some time went, went by and we didn't hear much from the doctor. And then we, then she emailed us, us meaning me and my parents. And she said, well, we're, you know, there are more delays than we thought. And so we, you know, are just, you know, hanging in there hopeful. And then about a month more goes by and she emails us and says, well, I'm not actually sure that it's going to be the six month timeline. Yikes. And apparently they had some um, issues. Dana Farber as a cancer Institute is only licensed to treat cancer and a few other diseases. Um, And, and so it was like a licensing issue that they can't, they can't treat patients with autoimmune disease in their hospital but but doctors can consult so it it was just a very very confusing uh time and the, i think the doctor herself she she was also confused because she had already gone through this process of talking to higher ups about getting this off the ground and then met a bunch of obstacles and kind of like bureaucratic issues within the hospital. I'm so sorry. It was, yeah, it it was very, it was very hard. Um, And when I heard from her that, you know, she wasn't sure about the timeline, 
matching up. I said, okay, we need a, we need a plan B. Um, sure. and we, we looked into, uh, she, she had recommended us looking into Dr. Burt's trial in Chicago. And, and this was before she, he shut it down. Um, so this was about like March, 2019. And then also told us to look into Colorado, the clinic there that's doing sure. HSCT. So, and then, you know, she, we knew about Mexico. Uh, we knew about Clinica Ruiz, but we, we, you know, I think that doctors here as, a lot of us who've gone through HSCT, we know that doctors here are um, very skeptical of procedures done in other countries, which I don't think is good. Um, but I think that was the case with me, where my doctors were kind of pushing me more towards only treatments done in the U.S. because of their own bias. And I think they were just probably not familiar with with the treatments done in Mexico or Russia or other countries. Sure. And so talking about Mexico, we brought up Mexico a few times kind of as like, Oh, maybe we should like try to go there or look more into it. We had looked into it a little bit, but, but not that much, but they are doctors. We're not very, um, they would have, or they said that they would have much preferred just for us to look into Chicago and Colorado. Um, so we, we took their advice, um, and I looked into Chicago, um, and looked into Dr. Burt and, you know, still, still had some hope that Dana Farber would happen, um, maybe, um, but, but continued to, to go down the path of Chicago and Colorado, just, you know, to see what would happen, and I applied to Dr. Burt's trial um, at Northwestern and took took a long time, filled out a lot of paperwork. It felt, you know, in now reflecting back on it, it was really only maybe like nine months of really struggling, but it felt like an eternity <laughs> to try to get this to happen. Well, you know, honestly, that's a long time in terms of brain health, right? And if you're yeah. experiencing symptoms and relapse and side effects from being off your meds, like it's just, that's a long time, I think, yeah. in disease life. Yeah. Yeah. And it certainly felt like a long, long time. Um, so, I applied, you know, turned in the paperwork and then, uh, was invited for an evaluation, uh, which I was really excited about. And that was May. So at this point, May, 2019, um, I went there and got evaluated Did the whole MRI thing and, um, appointments with Dr. Burt. And I felt pretty positive actually, um, coming away from the appointments, uh, my parents were there with me and all of us felt pretty hopeful. And we also had the doctor at Dana Farber. She emailed him personally. And that I think really helped, um, doctor to doctor, uh, for them to communicate and for her to advocate for me. So that was good. But then after, I think it actually was like a month and a half, maybe. Um, I got an email saying I was approved, 
which it was really exciting. Um, and I was approved for the trial, but well, not approved to enroll in the trial. He was going to take me off study. Okay. And of course I'm, I'm, as you know, um, I immediately tried to fight with insurance companies and try to get it covered, Mm. um, and go down that road, got denied initially. And at that point, it just took, the process had taken so long that my parents were just like, we're just going to figure out how to pay for this Mm. and then try to get reimbursed by insurance. Um, so we actually paid out of pocket, um, for, HSCT at Chicago in Chicago, um, and sent the payment and you have to send in the payment in order to get scheduled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To get scheduled. And I, at that point, I was so mentally drained and emotionally just, yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. And yeah. And I was like, I just need it to be scheduled. Like that is what that was my end goal sure, <laughs> the whole yeah. time, you know, I, I felt kind of like pulled in different directions by Dana Farber. And then now like this whole Chicago process was crazy and, um, was difficult to navigate. And so I was, I, my goal was, let me just get scheduled. And my parents also, they were feeling the same way too. So we paid, got scheduled for September and honestly, the day that I got the email saying that I was scheduled, that was such a huge relief. Yeah, right. You um, feel like it's almost it's almost indescribable. Like the yeah, the hope is actualized, and you, it's like you're floating on cloud nine. At least for me, it felt like I was on this roller coaster, but on the downhill, like super fun. Yep. All this stress being relieved from your body. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I was really, it was also, you know, the summertime, I was like, great, this is, you know, I'm going to be able to enjoy some of my summer and not feel so stressed about all of this. And then (laughs) another bump in the road happened, Mm. a big bump. Um, the last week of July last year, so July, 2019, at the end of the month, um, Mind you, I was supposed to go to Chicago. My first day was September 16th. For like the and so that mobilization. Was like, yeah, mobilization. And so six weeks prior, I guess, uh, Dr. Burt calls me. I'm actually in Mexico for work. Um, and Dr. Burt calls me and he's like, well, I re-reviewed your case And I actually don't think that you would be a good case for me to take on. Oh, my gosh. And I can't, I mean, I'm like getting emotional even thinking about it because it was crushing. I bet. Um, I started to question uh, whether this was the right thing for me. Of course. Um, I started to question whether, you know, whether this was all even worth it, um, whether I should just stop, you know, trying. Um, and I now, I now 
understand a little bit more about maybe why he said no. Um, my case was complicated. I had, I experienced a lot of side effects from Ocrevus that people didn't understand. Doctors didn't understand. Right, yeah. Um, and when I mentioned that to him, uh, he, that was actually the reason that I had the relapses is because I had those side effects and they took me off Ocrevus and then I had the relapses. Sure. And, um, I mentioned the side effects to him and it was like intense, um, like bladder inflammation, pelvic inflammation. Um, and it was, they were side effects that hadn't gone away by the time that I went to the evaluation with Dr. Burt, like they were getting better, but it was inflammation that had been going on for so long. I was on a cruise for a long time. And so it was taking a while for things to kind of get back to, to go away yeah, and get, sure. get better. And so Dr. Burt knew about the inflammation. Um, and he, when he called me in July, he was, he was just concerned about me possibly developing a bad reaction during HSCT um, or something about, I don't, I don't know the details. I think I blocked out that phone conversation, Sure, um, but it was, it was related to the inflammation I had. Um, and I kept saying, you know, we paid, um, I, you know, we, we literally paid $125,000 uh, already. And he said, well, we're just going to refund you the money. Wow. And I, I, I now also know that, you know, maybe part of the reason was because Dr. Burt was closing down the the study. Um, and it was around that time when he announced he was going to close it down. So, it may, it may have been more than just your complicated case. It may have been that actually, you know, he needed to shut it down for other reasons and sure. kind of needed to find a reason. I, I, I'm still, I'm still very upset, uh, with the way that was all handled. And I, I don't, I don't know who, you know, I'm not going to blame any one person, but I think the whole process, the way it was handled was really terrible for my mental health. Um, I ended up sending him an email, um, him and the neurologist, Dr. B. Um, and I, I, it was like an essay long email and it was just, it's very calm, but I was just listing out kind of the reasons why I think that this was handled poorly. Sure. And you have um, every right to do that. Yeah. And, and one of the big reasons was my parents at that point had, my mom had announced she's a professor and she had already taken off work. Um, and she had already like put, she had already put down a security deposit for a Chicago place. Like there were all of these things. My sister, we, my sister has autism. She's autistic. We, we had already had to like cancel some programs with, you know, for her, we had already had to like figure out where she was going to be. So there were all of these logistical things that were really hard to then like, you know, reconfigure. 
Um, and that was a lot of emotional labor that my family had to do that I had to do to figure out how to make that all work. You know, we don't live in Chicago and, and now, you know, now it's going to be totally different. And now, you know, it, it, so wow. it, it was, um, it was very, very hard for everyone. Um, and I, I felt really like pulled and uh, in different directions and I felt sort of played. Um, yeah. well, it's very heavy, so. right. And it's a lot to yeah. process and take in and, and it's good. You have that, um, ability now to even look back and reflect not necessarily yeah. in a positive way, but a constructive way, like clearly there were reasons and you don't need to know every reason, but they need to know it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I sent that email. I, I think it was just at least just cathartic for me and helpful for me. Um, and for them to just know, and I, I know Dr. Burt, I mean, he, he responded, um, sort of along the same lines, uh, you know, the, the same response that he gave me over the phone, but I, I'm just glad that he read that because that, that was important to me that he received it. And he, um, he knew that like, this was not, this was not a good way to to handle things. Um, sure. But yeah, so I, that, that was very, very hard time. Um, but it was also strange, uh, just kind of a coincidence that I was in Mexico at that time. And, you know, the, the next option really was Mexico. I called Colorado several times, never heard back Um, in terms of like other places. I actually heard back from Colorado after I got HSCT done. Wow. (laughs) They were like, are you still interested? (laughs) Um, I was like, Oh, I already got it. Um, wow. Well, I mean, that's, that's amazing because so many people are indeed waiting for this. Right. And so how many people have applied and then it takes months to hear. And then, I mean, certainly in my case, I, I got to the point where Dr. Burt believed I was transitioning to secondary progressive while Mm. I was waiting for transplant, just trying to get insurance to come on board. Right. And so again, like time is brain health. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. I I think that now I'm healing from that traumatic period in my life of just surviving, just feeling like I was surviving day to day because I was waiting for this transplant to happen. And meanwhile, I was having relapses and symptoms. And now, and now I feel like I'm not, yes, I'm healing from HSCT. We all go through recovery, but I'm also healing from that, (laughs) from that period. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so stressful in and of itself. And then to get to the point where you paid and had dates and then to have it all stripped away, I just can't even imagine the blow and how heavy that was. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I was in Mexico at that time and, um, really the, the next best option was Puebla, Mexico. And I've actually lived in Mexico when I, growing up, when I was young, I lived in Mexico, um, at three different points, um, my parents and I, and my sister. And so we're very familiar with Mexico. Um, and 
now kind of thinking, thinking back on it, I, I wish that I would have just gone, you know, I wish, I wish I would have just gone directly to Puebla and, and cleaning galleries. Um, but of course I didn't have, I thought I was in the right place at the right time. I thought that Dana Farber was promising me all these things, but, but now looking back, I probably just should have just should have gone. Well, um, something about our culture, something about our system yeah. that tell us, right? Just trust, trust your doctor, listen to your doctor. Yeah. And so you want to believe they have your best interest in mind. And I believe in, in some regard they do, but there's also competing interests for their attention. Right. And so yeah. ultimately we as patients have our own best interest in mind, like a hundred percent. Right. And so, yeah, finding the courage to question your doctor and do what you know is right. It can be really, really tough. And so maybe the universe really was lining up and, <laughs> and had you in Mexico when you were, when you got that news. Right. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. Heavy. Well, we, yeah, we, um, we called immediately like the day that I had that conversation with Dr. Burt, my mom called, uh, the clinic Ruiz in Puebla and spoke to someone. And I had luckily already applied, I think like months before then, just, you know, to have just to options. kind of have a plan. Yeah. Have a plan C, you know, I mean, I, I had hoped that Chicago and or Dana Farber would happen, but just to have kind of, yeah, another plan. And so I, I had applied. And when my mom called and said, you know, this is my daughter and, uh, she applied and she got in, like, could we go and explain the whole situation? They said, Oh, how about September 16th? Wow. And that was the date that I was supposed to go to Chicago. Wow. And so we were like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep. Same timeline. This is supposed we're to happen. Good. Wow. Um, yeah. So we signed up. This is yeah. End of July. We, you know, signed up, put in the payment, which is less than half of what we paid in Chicago. Oh um, and you know, got the ball rolling and I talked to my neurologist and my neurologist was very upset that Dr. Burt backed out and same sure. with the Dana Farber doctor. Sure. We we're like, that's, you know, how can they do this? They, they were really upset and they were upset for me. And when I told them, you know, Colorado hasn't responded, I've looked into other options, but it really seems like Mexico is the best option right now. They respected it. And Good. they said, you know, we don't know, we don't know anything about these cl like clinics outside of the U.S., but, you know, we support you. And my neurologist supported me 100% and said, I will follow you after. Good. So I was, I was Good. super Good. happy about that. Yeah. Well, that's important um, to have their yeah. plan. Yeah. It is. It is really important. And I met a lot of people, you know, in my HSCT group that didn't have that same right. buy-in from doctors. And I'm really lucky that my dad's a doctor too. I mean, he's a primary care doctor, but I also have his support. So yes. Yeah, so I, I went back to the U S after my work trip and went to, back to Boston. And I was now telling everyone that just kidding, it's the same date, but I'm just going somewhere else. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I, I left and I went 
to get HSED done. And I am very um, now, I think I fell into the same kind of thinking that my doctors also fall into that, you know, the U.S. healthcare system must be better. Um, and that's xenophobic and racist yes. and, you know, all yes. of these things. And um, I, I'm now, you know, looking back, I'm like, you know, I should have just gone to Mexico. I think I had this idea that like, it was just going to be better to be here. And that's, that's wrong. Um, and there are many other places in the world where they do HSCT and it's amazing. And they've been doing it for years and years. And that's the case in Mexico. I, I mean, I, like everyone else on your podcast that's gone to Mexico, like they've said, the care is incredible. I mean, HSCT felt like a walk in the park compared to the nine months before sure. struggling and, and, it and really I feel does. like once you're there now. and then you, yeah. you get those first needles or the first chemo, it's like, yeah, this really isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. The emotional distress of the nine months before that were just way, way, way worse than anything I did. I'm so sorry. During HSCT. That's so true. And that's why I, I mean, that's honestly why I started this podcast. I mean, I was fighting insurance and I had myself in such this like questioning state of anxiety. Like, am I making the right choice? Is this the right thing? Everyone's fighting. Mm -hmm. My doctors don't agree. Insurance is yes and then no and continual no and external review boards. And, you know, they're made of doctors and they're supposed to know and they're saying no. But then once you're finally there and I'm listening to podcasts as I'm in the hospital and I'm like, gee whiz, if only we could tell people's stories, like it might help just alleviate some of that noise in your head. That conversation was constant and so hard to turn off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And for you, nine months, like that's a long time and a lot of hope and ups and downs. And for you to just persist through is, is truly so inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, I definitely had those moments of, is this, maybe I should just throw in the towel and that, you know, maybe it's, it's not worth it. Maybe I go back on MS meds, maybe, you know, but, but it, I think what, what I ultimately came to is I've tried everything. I mean, like I said, at the last, on the last podcast, I've been on seven different medications for MS and I reached a point where you know, nothing, I, I was at the end of the road, um, and I needed to find something better and find something that could truly stop the progression and work for me. And this was, HSCT was really kind of my only hope. Um, and I had nothing left to lose really. Um, and so you went to Mexico. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, had lots of nausea, bone pain, but I knew all of that going in. They were uh, super helpful. They, meaning, you know, the doctors and the, and the nurses, mm. I, they were super helpful in explaining the entire process. Um, so, and, and also helping us if we had any discomfort. Um, 
it was super just great to be around other people where in Mexico, you're part of a cohort. So we had about, I was one of like 12 patients, um, and then their caregivers, um, and it was a little community and I still talk to them to this day. We have a group chat and we update each other on our progress and everyone's doing well. Um, that's beautiful. And it's, it's, yeah. And, I, I, one of the stories that I always tell is when I, when I got to Mexico, one of the first days we had like a pretty long conversation with one of the doctors and I, my mom and I must've been in that, that room with the doctor for about an hour just like asking him questions. And we, we felt bad, you know, we'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. We're taking a lot of time. Like we're asking a lot of questions. He was like, no, don't apologize at all. I'm here, you know, to answer any of your questions. There's no rush. And we were in that room for an hour, just asking about details of, you know, HSCT and the chemo. And he, he just, you know, sat there answering our questions for an hour. That, that's an experience that I've never had here in the U S yeah, I bet. So yeah, it was really, was really great. And then when I had my, we have to meet with a neurologist, um, one of the first days when we get there to kind of do a neurology eval and look over the MRIs. And at that point, you know, I was still feeling upset about what had happened with Chicago and, you know, how they rejected me. And I asked her very honestly, I was like, you know, just, can you just be candid with me? Do you really, do you really think I'm a good candidate candidate for this? Um, I, you know, I just, I've had doctors say that maybe not. And I just, I want to hear it from you. And she looked at me straight in the eye and she said, I have seen patients like you that have the same presentation as you. And it's worked really well for them. I think you're a good candidate. And how did that feel? That just felt like so validating. Um, so amazing to hear that from, from a doctor and to, to know that she has had experience with other patients that have been in similar situations. And I told her everything. I told her the side effects from Ocrevus. I told her everything. And she took it all in and she said, you know, I'm one of the few doctors that really in the, well, few neurologists that really advocate for MS patients to get HSCT done. And I've seen a lot. I've seen all the patients, pretty much all the patients coming through here. And I think you would be a great candidate. And that, that was like, that was the validation I needed to hear. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. But- yeah. I mean, truly, that's amazing to have that yeah. doctor's buy-in and validation, like you said. Yeah. It, it gives you a different mindset going into it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, I, I found validation within myself and that, that was important. Like yes. I found that before going to Mexico, I had to grapple, like there were definitely days where I would just go down like a a black hole of thinking, you know, is this going to work? Should I do this? Is this the right call? Will the, the, 
will this make it make things worse somehow? I don't know. I was thinking about the worst case scenario. Um, but I had, I had to find the strength within myself to say, no, this is, this is the right decision. You've done your research. You've talked to people, you know, you know, you know, your body. Like I had to tell myself all of these things. Um, and that was really important, uh, to, to kind of like seek that validation within myself. Um, and then to hear it from her was just further confirmation and, um, just so helpful. Very, very helpful and very important and key too. So it sounds like though, you didn't really have a lot of complications. No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, what was your most memorable experience there? (laughs) Um, it's a good, it's a good question. I think, I think my most memorable, so (laughs) when I was, so I, I had, I, I didn't have that many complications. I did have one, um, day when I had fevers. Um, and it was, it was because I think, I think they said that it was because my body was kind of producing too many white blood cells. Like it was too much neupogen. And when they stopped the neupogen shots, uh, my body was like, I was much better and I didn't have a fever anymore. Um, but I think my, my most memorable moment was actually during the transplant itself. You know, the, the transplant itself is pretty anticlimactic um, yes. yeah. because it's, it's really just, you know, you, you're getting back your stem cells through an IV right. uh, in your neck and that's it. It's a pretty, uh, <laughs> they're, they're a pretty color. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They're they're pretty color. Um, but other than that, like it's, there's not really much, much to it, but for some reason, I think it was just all of the buildup to that point. I just, I, when he, when I got my stem cells back, I just started crying just a deep, deep, deep cry. And, and it was like uncontrollable. (laughs) Um, and I think it was just like, all of the emotions from the previous year and all of the stress and just thinking for so long that it wasn't going to happen. Maybe it was going to happen or it wasn't going to happen. Like, and when I got my stem cells back, I just was sobbing and pretty much the entire day. It's very emotional. Yeah, it is. Um, even though, you know, it was just, it was just a infusion. It was, and it didn't even last that long. It was just, I, I was feeling so many things. Um, and it's, I don't think I've ever cried like that before. Um, it was like a cry of relief, but a cry of, uh, like anger with relief, with happiness, with, you know, just such a mix of emotions. All of it. Yeah. 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 And, and then of course, just bonding with the other patients that were there and, um, feeling that sense of community. Mm. Um, I love, I loved that we were all in the same building and in our separate apartments, but we would meet on the roof deck. We would, you know, eat together in the cafeteria. And I had never really been around that many people with MS before. There were, 
like I was the youngest there in, in my group, but there were, you know, some people that were five years older than me. Um, there were other people that were much more older than me. Um, it really varied, but just kind of hearing different people's experiences and also hearing people who've gone through similar experiences with, you know, trying to get HSCT and fighting and it really, that like talking to them really bonded us and then going through this whole really emotional experience, um, of course bonded us too. And it was, I think it, it just made me feel more comfortable in my experience as someone who has MS and as someone who got HSCT, just like being around other people who are going through similar things or the same things. Yeah. Well, and just to know you're not alone in terms of even the struggle it took, right. In order for you to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that it's such a struggle, right? Like why frontline treatment, frontline option for us. I know it, it. I, when I came back, I was like, that's, I mean, I'm in public health school now. I just started my master's. Congratulations. Um, thank you. At, um, UNC and I'm doing it online for now, but, um, I, I had actually deferred grad school, um, the year prior because I was waiting for HSCT to happen. So I had to defer, um, and then, you know, starting, you know, I started a few weeks ago, but I going into this public health program with a very different perspective, um, as like someone who I think like I have direct experience (laughs) fighting our healthcare system. And I just hope to, you know, make it, maybe make it easier for people, you know, to access healthcare. And I don't, yeah, hopefully, or at least Hopefully. even make the decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to, I would have, love, and to have options. I would love to be in like a group with you in that class and just see. I mean, I'm a, an education geek by <laughs> nature and a professor. And it's um, it'd just be brilliant, I think, to have you in class. Aww, they, they won't know what hit them, right? <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's kind of uncommon for someone my age to have gone through all of this. It was, I always get the, Oh my gosh, you were diagnosed with MS at 13. Um, I always get those sort of comments from people. And then plus, you know, going, having gone through HSCT, but I'm really, I'm happy I'm in this program and I'm happy. It, It feels right. You know, especially after what I've, what I've gone through. Sure. So do you feel up for it? Do you feel ready to be that busy? Yeah, I I do. So one of the things that I immediately, I immediately got back, I feel like was just, um, my, my brain fog went away. Isn't it amazing? Right after. Yeah. It's amazing. Right after HSCT, I want to say like a couple weeks after the transplant, I just noticed I was clear-minded. I was just a lot more able to be a lot more present and not as fatigued. I think, you know, also obviously that's uh, because of the stress that I was going through before HSCT. Yeah. But also, I mean, I was even in recovery, 
even like a month after I went through this huge procedure, I was able to get up and go for a walk and then, you know, do a different physical activity uh, and then, you know, socialize with my parents or something. So I, I was doing, I always felt like before HSCT, I only could have one social activity per day or one physical activity per day. And even a month after HSCT, I was doing multiple things in one day. I was feeling, uh, yeah, I was feeling better than I had felt in a long time. I don't even think that I really realized how much MS had taken away from me because I was so young when I first was diagnosed. Sure. Yeah. You don't know what you're missing out on. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I've had several moments of like just crying because I'm just, overwhelmed with like feeling so happy and overjoyed that I could get HSCT and I'm feeling so much better. And that's been really wonderful. That's so tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you deserve that, right? Yeah. I, I hope that, I hope that we can make this possible for other people. Yes. Everyone deserves a chance. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, so I've been I've been feeling really great, and then in terms of my walking, um, it, you know, now I'm now now you couldn't even tell that I'm lopsided. Uh, you, I'm walking really well. My weakness was always always came in waves, depending on where I was in a relapse. But now I don't. I haven't had any leg weakness, maybe a little bit, um, but really not anything noticeable to the point where I'm like worried about it. Sure. Um, That's tremendous. So, yeah. And then my vision um, has pretty much stayed the same. I had a really big like optic neuritis episode uh, when I was 18. And so that, yeah, eight, eight years ago. Wow. It's a while ago. Um, And I have permanent partial vision in my right eye. Um, and I was kind of feeling some like vision issues in my left eye that has gone away. Um, but my right eye still, uh, is there because it's, it's previous damage. Um, so I don't think it'll get better, but that's okay. A lot of other things are better and I'm doing grad school and I, I actually feel excited that I, you know, can fully take advantage of it and be fully present. So it's been, it's been really great so far. And it's something that I did not think, you know, I knew I was going to go to grad school after all this, but I didn't think I would be this excited and this engaged and feeling so much better. (laughs) That's amazing. You deserve nothing less. Thank you. It's tremendous. I'm so glad that it's worked for you so well so far. Thank you. So how about a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT? Superpower. Hmm. I guess I just, I feel, I feel more confident in like fighting back um, even when, even when I feel like I'm at my lowest, even when I'm feeling, even when I'm feeling like I can't fight anymore and everyone's against me, like you were saying before, 
I feel like I I've just in now I'm noticing, you know, in my everyday life, it, it can be a simple thing like going to the DMV and uh, having them give me a hard time. It's like, nope, you're not going to give me a hard time. I'm, I'm not, not in a rude way, but like, I just feel so much better equipped to, to fight for what I need and for what I deserve and for what my body needs. If it's a, if it's a health thing. And I also feel more confident in fighting for what, you know, other folks, what everyone needs in terms of healthcare and also committed to like learning more and, and growing more and kind of understanding more about what other people need so that I can better advocate for them mm. as well. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, it, I, I just have, I've learned to fight in a way that I never had to before. I would, you know, like I've been very privileged in my life despite having a chronic illness. Um, and this whole experience, uh, you know, it, it was, I, I really felt like it was fighting for my life and I, everyone, a lot, a lot of people in my life, um, doctors and other, you know, other people who may not believe in HSCT the way that I did, uh, were not, you know, making it easy <laughs> for, for me. And I, I had to really like, advocate for myself and fight, fight for it. Um, I, I think for a long time, I, I just felt like, well, the universe, maybe the universe is just telling me that I shouldn't get this because I have, I, you know, I, I have so many obstacles in my way. Maybe it's just a sign that I shouldn't, shouldn't get this, but you, you can't just wait till things fall into place. Right. It, you have to, you have to fight for them. Um, and that's, that's what I've had to do. I mean, unfortunately we have to fight for them. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be a fight. It, it should be available for everyone, but that's, that's how it is. And I can't just expect this system that isn't built for, uh, in my opinion, isn't built to actually take care of people. You can't expect the system to just work itself out. Mm. You have to like continue to challenge it and, and fight for, for what you need. Yeah. Fight for what's right. Yeah. I mean, everyone deserves that chance, right. And that possibility of a future yeah. free from disease progression. Yeah. But yeah, our, and I, and I mean, our system is set up to hand out band-aids. Yeah. Yeah. Damage control. Yeah. Reactive. Yeah. And it's not, it's not getting at the root of, you know, the root of the issues and um, it's not getting at the, like, let's actually stop. Let's actually give you a new immune system so that you can rebuild and, you know, your your immune system can stop attacking itself instead of, you know, giving you MS meds to just deprive your immune system uh, for kind of a indefinite amount of time, you know? Yeah. And an indefinite side effects or consequence yeah. or efficacy. I mean... It's such a roll of the dice when you take any yeah. drug. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've talked to a few people since coming back who 
have been diagnosed with MS or have MS. And uh, that's, that's what I say is like, I, I'm a person I've gone through all of, all of the treatments. Um, and I, I've seen the harmful effects. And I, you know, there's some people who don't want to do HSCT right away. And I understand that. Um, but I tell people like, if you're going to do the MS medications, just make sure that you're really in tune with your body. If something isn't right, if you're not, you know, if you feel side effects or if you're feeling like your body is out of whack, talk to your doctor about maybe either getting off the medication and figuring out something else or try, you know, looking into HSCT because maybe that's a sign that medication is not going to, not going to be the thing for you, not going to be good for you or not going to be, um, give you more side effects than, you know, or give you more kind of damage than benefit, you know? Hmm. Um, I know that firsthand. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that HSCT would be accessible for everyone. Um, but you know, that's not going to happen overnight. I wish it did. Um, but if, if, if people are being recommended medications for now, um, I just would hope that, yeah, like you were saying before, that they would understand that there's an option to do HSCT and that they know about HSCT and they understand that like HSCT is really getting at the root and the other medications are more damage control. Yeah. Um, Band-Aids. But yeah. Most yeah. Band- and I most really, Band-Aids fall off at some point. Yeah. And I really um, admire everything you've done with HSCT Warriors. Um, oh, thank you. I've, I know I've like plugged into it a little bit and I'm, I'm really grateful to be connected to you and other people in the organization. Thank you for your service. It's, it's really important what, what you all are doing. Thank you. We've got a webinar coming up at the end of the month. We want to feature the international clinics. Yes, that's great. Help to explain like getting there. Right. So, yeah, I think it's very, very important to have those kinds of webinars. I've been uh, encouraging people I know to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So what are you grateful for about your experience with HSCT? All of it that maybe has gone unspoken. Um, I think I may have said this last time, but I'm, I'm so grateful for all of the people that stuck around and helped me through that really traumatic experience. Um, my partner, my parents, my, my more extended family, my friends. Um, it was, I don't, I truly don't think I would have gotten through it without them. Um, and it was originally my mom who found HSCT in the first place. Mm. And I'm just so grateful that I have people around me that also are fighting and, um, were just so supportive throughout the entire, the entire thing. My mom was with me at cleaning gutteries. Um, and then my, my dad came, my partner was always supporting me even from afar. It was, it was a team effort. It took a village. It was really a team effort for, for everyone to support me through this. And those are the people that, that I know will be in my life forever. And even the people, you know, in my cohort that like, 
I went through HSCT with in our September cohort. Mm. Um, those are, those are people I, that I know will be in my life forever too. They just, we helped each other through it. Um, and also the nurses and the staff at Clinic Ruiz who were amazing and, um, just so, so incredibly supportive and patient and kind. Um, and they, they were also, I I'm so grateful for them for making this experience, you know, as like painless as it, you know, it could be painless as possible. They, they really, really helped me through it. And it was during a time where I was super skeptical of, you know, I was rejected from Chicago and, uh, rejected, semi-rejected from Dana-Farber, essentially. And so I was like, is this really for me? And they were just, the nurses and the doctors were just so kind there and and really helped me through it. Sounds like exactly what you needed at the time. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad you found your way to HSCT. I mean, despite all the twists and turns, I'm just so glad you finally got to go through it. Yeah. And I am too. I, I'm, uh, you know, hopeful for the future. I, I am trying to get back to a life where I don't wake up every day thinking about my illness and thinking about my health. It can be a part of me and I can think about it a couple times a day. That's okay. But if I'm thinking about it every single minute, that just takes a toll. And so I'm trying to get back to a place where, you know, I don't have to think about it all the time. And like, it's there. I probably will always have MS. Uh, it won't progress and it won't be a constant, you know, fear in my life. Mm. Um, and hopefully I won't have to go on any medications in the future and I'll just be able to live a life, live a life that doesn't involve you know, being constantly on edge about illness. Sure. Well, yeah, you've waited long enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It'll be interesting when you hit that mark of time in your life, say 13 years post HSCT, right? When yeah. you, you will have lived without MS longer than you lived with it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a day to celebrate. <laughs> that will be. Yeah. And actually this coming. Yeah. So I, I actually forgot to mention that I had my six month MRIs. Oh yeah. How sometime that during COVID. Yeah. And they were no new lesions, no enhancing lesions. Wonderful. So that's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's great news. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my MRIs for the one year. Um, but also this coming December, December 31st, will be uh, 13 years post when I was diagnosed. So I would have had MS for 13 years. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the tipping point of, you know, after that, I will have lived with MS for more than half my life because yeah. I'm 26. Wow. But hopefully, you know, it, this means, HSCT means that I actually no longer have MS. Um, I have it because of my inflammation, or the, the lesions, not inflammation, but the lesions. Yeah, the damage. But not, 
not beyond that. Like I don't have any progression or any, any active disease. And symptoms so, have mostly yeah. resolved. Yeah. It, yeah. My symptoms, I have, you know, some here and there, some numbness here and there, but I really, I'm feeling way, way better. I, I actually, when I used to exercise before, um, like go on a bike or something, I, within 10 minutes would be completely numb, um, from like the waist down and it, it wouldn't like affect necessarily my walking, but I just couldn't feel anything. Like it was just tingly and numb. It's hard to articulate and describe, but anyway, um, when I exercise and I've been actually exercising a lot, I've been going on bike rides. Um, I've been doing home workouts because of COVID. Um, and I'll do that for like an hour at a time and I won't feel any numbness, which is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, That's phenomenal. Yeah. So that's just one example of a symptom improvement. Um, and then, you know, the, the brain being clearer and just feeling more present and more um, clear-minded, that's a big one as well. Sure. Well, Less fatigued. Yeah, which is also amazing. And doing yeah. more than one thing a day. Yes, yeah. That's huge. I just thought it was the norm that I didn't, you know, I would do just one social thing or one physical activity per day and then crash. That's not the norm. Well, you get to (laughs) redefine normal. Yeah, exactly. I'm just so grateful to you for sharing your story with us, both as a hopeful and now as a veteran. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this. Well, I appreciate you and your advocacy and you also now sharing that superpower, right? And your ability to dig deep and really help others see and advocate for themselves. Thank you. Yeah. Public health is a great field for you. I'm sure you'll do amazing things. Thank you. I hope so. Yeah. And I want to talk to you in 13 years. (laughs) So we got (laughs) to stay in touch. We will talk. Yeah. We will talk in another 13 years. If yeah, not before that. Would then. Be great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, happy early STEM anniversary. Yes. I, I will. Despite COVID, I'll find a way to celebrate in some way. Be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.com where you can find notes from today's episode. Submit ideas or feedback and connect with resources of the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allen Salzer for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.
John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician. 